0: Where will you spend your eternity? This is a question that does have an answer, even if you don't know what it is. I'm Pastor John. The ministry of Headed Home is designed to prepare you for that day we will all face, our last. Join us as we find and answer the tough questions. And remember, you cannot truly live until you're truly ready to die. Well, good morning. What a beautiful day. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I know there was one church I heard of today that closed because there's so much sickness going around. So I know there's been a number of people in here that have shared with me that they have been sick. So the people that are missing the day, I know there's some traveling. I do know that for a fact. But check on those people who aren't here just in case they're battling some of the sickness that's been going around. Uh, pray for one another. It's that time of year. Hey, wash your hands. Lots of good hand hygiene got to keep your hands out of your face to stay away from that Montezuma's revenge or whatever else. Uh, There's different things going around. A lot of flu. Uh, I know people talked about having flu and the colds and all that stuff. So, hey, just take care of yourself, amen. Because it's got bound to be 80 degrees tomorrow and 30 below zero two days from now. So, it is uh, ironic the change in temperatures that we can have here in Middle Tennessee. But you know the beautiful thing is. Winter's here, but summer's coming. Amen. we got to get through winter, right? And it's the, the cycle, but God gives us that because contrasts are so important. What would we do with the beautiful weather if we didn't have the cold, the extremes? I know some people like cold weather and those people we just keep praying for. Uh, but those beautiful days that, you know, the sun's out and the leaves are there. But it's, I think this renewal period that we go through every winter is so indicative spiritually of sometimes that we battle in our spiritual lives you know we can be a you can be a sold-out follower of jesus christ and you can go through a very difficult period a spiritual winter is what i call it very godly people that i've known in my lifetime have battled clinical depression and they had periods, seasons of time that they battled with that did that make them any less spiritual than anybody else no no god allows us to go through different things. He grows us, and he teaches us so much through those. One of the things that he teaches me through my infirmities, my sicknesses, battles, it reminds me that this is not home. This is not my home. I hope this isn't your home. I hope you desire to be home. I hope you do what Scripture says. We are strangers, we're aliens. And I hope that you are an alien, you're a stranger, and your desire is to be home with the Lord. Every day, you know, it just seems like this person's gotten this sickness and, you know, this terminal illness, and they were so healthy. We always hear people say, right? This is not home. We are headed home one day. So look from that perspective. I hope you are living to die, not dying to live. Uh, If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. We're going to look at three verses, verses 12 through 14, of a message God laid in my heart. The past. It's passing. We're in the last day. We were going to get back in our act study, but the Lord laid this on my heart. I want to encourage you as we go into 2024, can you believe that 2023 is getting ready to be in the books? I cannot even fathom the thought of the year 2024 because it seems like yesterday everybody was in a panic in 1999 because they believed the whole world was going to end in 2000. Right? The computers weren't going to know what to do and the world was going to stop. You know what I did to prepare for it? Nothing. I was going to wake up and do what I did the day before. And you know what happened, right? It was a whole lot to do about nothing. But the world always seems as though they want to worry about everything. I was uh, speaking with someone this week and I said, You know, it's so ironic that this pastime that is so engaged in has never since the dawn of humanity ever done one thing to change anything. But yet, it's a law of diminishing returns, meaning the more you invest in it, the less you get back. It actually takes from you. It robs you. But worry is a completely pointless activity. Why do people continue to engage in it? you ever wondered that? Does anybody have a prolific statement they want to make this morning concerning worry and how it's changed your life for the good worry has never caused arguments ever in marriages It's never brought somebody back early from a vacation I think I left the crock pot on anybody else has anybody ever had that I remember that as a real circumstance I think I left the oven on honey halfway to Florida. Why don't you just call somebody? I don't have a hidden key. What do you mean you don't have a hidden key? This is real circumstances that I've had happen in people's lives. We do know what the definition of insanity is, right? Doing the same thing over expecting a different outcome. Now, nobody wants to be labeled insane. Anybody worry this morning? I want to encourage you. So put worry to bed permanently as this year ends today. I want to encourage you to do what the Bible says. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. You know that we serve a God that promises to supply all of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ. God promises us that. Now I know somebody will say, well, Brother Jonathan, you're not paying my bills. I know I'm not, but God is. So, do you trust him? Honestly, do you trust him? If you're worried and believe that your worry is going to change something, I don't know what God you're serving, but if you're serving the God that I am, he already promises you, he promises me, that he's going to work out every single circumstance we have according to his plan. Now, do we want our circumstances to work out the way that we want to versus how God wants That's inviting disaster, actually. It truly is inviting disaster. So what do you want going into 2024? Does anybody want to... Here's a good one. In 365 days from right now, are you desiring to close out 2024 saying, I have never had the peace that I've experienced that I learned to walk in in 2024. I remember 2023 as a pinnacle year As a matter of fact, our pastor preached about it that day in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. And I decided that day that I was going to do away with doing an act that stole from me, never gave to me. I wanted to have peace. I wanted to have fulfillment, joy, and rest. I wanted to enjoy the situations, the vacations, or the time with family members, not worrying about something that cannot do anything to change the circumstance and i did what scripture i started doing what scripture said purposing in the last day of 2023 to do it and here i am today my life has changed why what does the bible say cast all your cares on him his yoke is easy his burden's light and he says come to me all ye who are weary and heavy laden now is anybody involved in worry that is not weary or heavy laden i've not met anybody who worries that is not distraught over the very notion of worry. I can say this because you've, you've heard me say this before many times. I was a professional worrier. I was actually so schooled at the art of it that when I would wake up at night, I would get worried because I would have forgotten what I was supposed to be worrying about. So I would worry about what I was supposed to be worrying about until I remembered what it was and began to effectively place my worry in the proper perspective. And that would be in the middle of the night. It was awful. It was eating away at my stomach, my life, and only when I became a follower of Christ was I able to finally put that to rest. And I'm so thankful for it because I realize I can't change anything. I can change right now the circumstances of things All right, what can I do? I can trust God with it. God, I don't know how you're going to do this, Lord, but I can't wait to see how because I cannot see a way through this. But I know that you are faithful, you're trustworthy. So what I do is repeat scripture that affirms the promises of God just like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. When we trust in him with all of our heart, lean not to our own understanding. What I'm saying with that is, God, I no longer can have an avenue with which I can worry because I trust you with all of it and your promise is that you will take care of it. So that's what I do. I throw scripture at the lies the enemy tries to invite me to take part in. I hope this encourages this message this morning. Again, past is passing. And if you found Philippians chapter 3 and verses 12 through 14, if you're able physically, let's stand out of reverence this morning for the reading of God's word. Not that I've already reached the goal or am already fully mature, but I make every effort to take hold of it because also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching towards what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Father, thank you this morning, Lord, for this beautiful day that you've blessed us with. Father, thank you for the promise that it holds. Lord, as we are in this last day of 2023, God, what we are well aware of today is that, Lord, we have no idea when you're going to come and, and take us back home with you. Whether it's in a natural death or whether, Father, you come back in rapture. Father, whether, whatever, it, how it all plays out, God, you know. And I'm so thankful this morning that we can trust you because you are trustworthy. Father, I pray that your word would speak, Lord, that you would hedge this building, these grounds, with your protective angel, that you would purge anything that would not honor or glorify you so that you alone are the sole focus of everything said and done this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would move in hearts all over the globe, that ones would come today and hear the gospel and come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. But may you alone be the sole focus of every bit of glory, honor, dominion, and all the power be unto you. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. may be seated. Verse 12 again. Not that I have already reached the goal or am already fully mature, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Now, doesn't matter how old you are in this building, you can be the oldest person in this building today. Or have you fully matured in Christ? And there's nothing more spiritually you can learn. Oh. When will we have reached spiritual maturity? We hope when we go from you got salvation's the initial part, sanctification. All of us are in that place here, as long as you're a believer. And that will culminate one day, meaning that will end in graduation day. Now, graduation days when people say, oh, they died. Let me just tell you something. There's going to be no such thing. No one in here, whether you go there or there, are going to be dead. Now, you may be spiritually separated from God in the condition that you would wish you were what the world would consider dead, no longer, no longer living, breathing, or anything, but One of the issues is that we have an eternal state that we are all going to number one be in, and that is going to be we are going to be alive. We are going to be alive in one of two places. We'll be alive in the presence of God in the state that he desired all of us to be, or we will be in a state of separation from him in a place we know as hell. A place that is devoid or absent of everything that God intended for mankind to experience. As a matter of fact, it was a place not designed for human habitation. Some might not have heard that before. It was not. It was made for the devil and his angels. We know what scripture says. His desire is that none should perish. So we know that God's desire was never for any human in history to enter that place. But we know God gave mankind free will, and therefore, we know that that is the reality of some people. We are going to be, one day, when we think we call called dead, we will actually be more alive than we've ever been in our lifetime. As a matter of fact, someone that will be in hell will experience feeling, touch, and every sense will be heightened to a state that they never could have imagined being heightened to. By the way, that's one of the reasons that hell will be so terrible, because it'll be a place that was, in it, the body that's there will be, have intended to experience the beauty of God in its fullness, but yet that place that they will be in separated from God because of their rejection of Christ, their rejection of God's plan, the heightened feeling will be experiencing everything negative negative. Because there will be no good and perfect gifts there. But we will be alive. That is a beautiful thing. One day we will be alive as Christians in his presence experiencing the glory of God in a way that no one on this earth could ever experience it. Can you imagine your best day on this earth? Everybody's had one of those good days. I'm talking about a day when everything was amazing. Literally, the sunshine outside was perfect. You had the the most amazing time with a family member. It might have been a time past or a time you recently experienced. But the food you ate, the temperature outside, everything was perfect. Anybody remember some of those days in life? I know some of those. I feel bad for the rest of you. Because hopefully you will experience one of those days. There's days that you say, I wish I could pause this forever. I've had days like that. Now I've had tough days that I've said, man, I hope this day goes away and I don't want to, I'm like Job in that sense, I don't even remember this day anymore. We have those, don't we? But see, God's desire for us and his plan for us, we we see this, right? Not that I've already reached the goal or I'm already fully mature, but I make every effort to take hold of it because why I have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, you have been taken hold of by Christ. You have been taken from salvation to sanctification. We're in that process right now. The process of sanctification is the refining process. Uh, We know scripture talks about the refiner's fire. What do they do when they're refining gold? What do you use? Heat, fire. Is it a process that's easy? No, it's a difficult process. It requires great time and great effort. But in the refiner's fire, what happens the longer that gold is refined? The purity, the purity, is raised. All the way up to, what is the highest grade, 24? Might be, I, I think it's 24. But that's like the refi- that is the, the finest quality of gold that you can get. Who wants 10 carat You can have 24 carats. See, what does God want to do? Spiritually speaking, God is refining us. The problem is we see these trials, we see the tribulations, we see all of these things many times as something that we try to run from. Why do we do that, though? I think more than anything, we've bought the, the cultural thing from our culture that says run from anything that is painful. If you have a headache, take something for it. If you have emotional pain, take a medicine for it. Run from everything, not seeing the things from a Christian perspective. What is God doing? God may be using, what did he do in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 with Paul? He used pain. He was actually using pain to humble Paul because Paul had been able to see a vision of heaven, and God evidently knew Paul better than himself, and what Paul was doing is being humbled so that he would not boast. So God gives him this thorn to a tormentor, this tormenting thorn, this physical affliction to humble him. That was something that God was using, but what else does God do? God allows great adversity to grow us, to prepare us. How can we ever stand firm under adversity if God does not allow Let's just say when you're a young believer, adversity that you may think is the end of the world, as we stand firm in that and as we cling to the Lord and the brothers and sisters in Christ and we fellowship with them and they're praying for us and praying with us, we make it through that. What is the purpose of that? God grows us, not only in our personal spiritual life, but he grows us in the relationships with our brothers and sisters in Christ cultivating those things. And as we make it through those, what often happens? We are entrusted with a greater level of trial or tribulation later on. What is that for? Because sometimes what we go through and we make it through spiritually, God prepares us to minister to someone down the road who goes through the same thing that we were going through. If you don't know what it's like to battle and be victorious over addiction, how could you ever walk with someone who's battling coming out of addiction? If you've not ever had a spouse, let's just walk out on you and abandon you and your, your marriage, your relationship, how would you ever know how to minister to someone who had a spouse that walked out on them or abandoned them? How in the world this morning, if you've not ever lost someone in this life to death, Would you be able to minister and encourage and walk with someone who has experienced that? Now, you can think of the host of things in life that we can go through, but this is what the the overarching theme is, is there's just about a person in here that's been through just about everything, and if someone is going through something, what's so neat about that is I've seen brothers and sisters in Christ here being able to minister to the other ones because they've been through that. So what God does is allow us to go through those things as he's refining us, as he's preparing us, ultimately for what? His presence one day. To worship around his throne. The first thing that I want to share with you comes out of that verse 12. This is this. Are you headed toward the goal of fulfilling your life's purpose? This morning, are you headed? Are you focused? Are you on trajectory? Are you on point with fulfilling your purpose? your created purpose today? You know, or maybe you don't know. If you're a follower of Christ, God has a divinely created purpose for you. We are created to glorify God and to do his good will. And guess what? What is your part in that today? Or do you have a part in that? If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, you still have a created purpose, you're just not at the place where you can begin to find what that is and to live it out. By the way, are you using the gifts that God's given you to advance and further the kingdom in this body of Christ and not only here but outside the walls? You know, I said with somebody this morning, it's interesting when you get to really my age in life, if you start getting older, you've got to realize that you're on the back end of life, meaning... You have pretty much got more years in the book than you have ahead of you. It's kind of a sobering thought, isn't it? It's an exciting thought. Why is it exciting? Because I don't know where you're going, but where I'm going, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard what's in store for those who love them. So that's an exciting thought. The thought of going from physical death into God's presence, being transported into glory is an exciting thought. It's not something that should bring you angst or worry. It should bring you great excitement. See, are you headed toward the goal of fulfilling that purpose? Why does it matter? Well, it matters because God has a purpose for all of us. And if you're not living that purpose today or trying to fulfill God's desire and purpose for you, someone is not getting what God designed you to be a part of in ministering to them. God has gifted us with the ability to bless others, minister to others. If you're not living out God's created purpose today, I ask you, what is your life? What is the sum total of your life? What are you doing today? God just didn't design us to just haphazard like a pinball through life, bounce from one thing to the other to the other. God has a specific calling for your life. And I ask you, You know what, I know Eddie big time could, what an encouragement to him would be, anybody in here have musical talent you're not using? Why aren't you? God gave you that to use for his glory. I know it would encourage him if on Sunday there were others up here with him. Does that require sacrifice and commitment? Absolutely. By the way, sacrifice and commitment are something in very short supply in our culture right now, beyond a shadow of a doubt. I know this. It's real easy to fall victim to serving who number one and easily. Anybody know? Self. What are we really good at serving? Ourselves. Commitment's not easy. What is commitment? Commitment. Commitment calls us to see who above ourselves, others. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, body, and strength. And the second is what? Love your neighbor as yourself. So if you have talent and you're not using it for God's glory, I ask you, why not? In every respect, I'm talking about in in anything to do with ministry or your personal or in the, the church body. God has given us something not to bury that talent. We know what I preached on that just a few months ago. It's easy to bury that talent. Well, then, Lord, I can give you that talent back. Look, Lord, I gave you the talent back. Never used it. Left it in a hole. But nobody, at least nobody took it away from me. What about taking and using those talents for God's glory? Well, I'm not that good. Well, that's not a problem. We don't need good. We just need people who care. We need people who care that they love the Lord love the lord with all their heart soul mind body and strength i don't want a uh what do you call it a um what do they call that when the whole thing gets up there and they're wanting to really impress everybody we don't care about people having concert orchestra type talent here we just care about people who have the love of god in their hearts and want to serve the lord it doesn't matter how good you are at anything because if it was about that nobody would do anything would we We want the top tier talent of everything and certainly, definitely going to need a new pastor too because I am not the top tier talent. I have a love for the Lord and a desire to serve and glorify him. And that is what God used as he called me to Longview Baptist Church. And I know with Eddie, Eddie says, hey, he's not Eddie Van Halen. He's Eddie Price. Amen. He has a talent. He's very good at what he does, but he most of all loves the Lord and wants to use it for his glory. I'd say the same with Jessica. She wants to use the talent that God's given her for his glory. But that's what we need is we need men and women that desire to use what God's given them for the kingdom. Are you headed to the goal right now of fulfilling your life's purpose? What a question to ask yourself at the end of 2023. And if not, what are you going to do? Now, we can excuse, oh, no, well, if it, was, if it wasn't for this, and it wasn't for that, and it wasn't, we can make all the excuses in the world for why we are not doing what we should be. You know, I've had people make accusations that I was the reason they got mad and left, and, and I've had people that got mad at somebody in the church and got upset, and it was interesting because that usually happened months after they'd gone somewhere. You know what it is, right? It's called making excuses so that they don't have to bear the responsibility for the choice that they made in themselves. It's always easier to blame others for our actions, isn't it? I don't know why in the world they did that. If they hadn't made me mad, if the preacher had shook my hand, if they hadn't made a comment about my pie, my tea, my cake, my this, my that, I wouldn't have done that. Own your responsibility and your actions, amen? Are you headed toward the goal of fulfilling your life's purpose. And by the way, if you're not, I'm gonna tell you this morning, you're sitting there and you might even be inside really ticked off. You might be upset that I'm saying what I'm even saying. You might sit there and go, I wonder if he's talking to me this morning. By the way, I'm not talking to anybody in here. I'm sharing what God laid on my heart. If it bothers you, you better thank God for it. You better thank the Holy Spirit for convicting you. And you can just say, God, I'll take my feet out of this bucket of ice at home because it's tearing me up. Nobody's shared anything about anybody in here. God laid this on my heart because in, in 24 hours, we can't change anything in 2023, but we can change everything about 2024. And I'm excited about that. Because why? It gives the hope and the promise that if you're at a place you shouldn't be, or maybe you're just kind of halfway there, you can get all the way there in the next few hours. What does it take? It takes recognizing you're not where you need to be and that you need to be somewhere else. But it, then it takes... The conviction of of God, I have been excusing away what I should be doing, and Lord, it stops right now. Now, listen to verse 13 again. Brothers, I don't consider myself to have taken hold of it. The one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, reaching or straining towards what is ahead. I love that verse. You know why I like that verse? I like that verse. Because there's times in life where you don't want to remember the failures of past. That is what I love about the forgiveness that God says in Scripture when he says, our sin has been separated as far as the east is from the west. Now, we a lot of times see that with a boundary in time or space. You know what's beautiful? It has no boundary. When you think about east and west, I think about in the, the whole entire solar system, the east of solar system is unlimited. I think the beauty of what that shows is is that God's forgiveness is limitless, meaning when he separates it as far as the east is from the west, it is forgotten, remembered no more. That's encouraging, isn't it? It's awesome because it shows the true love of God. The love of God is a forgiveness that is incomprehensible. God, and the love, the forgiveness that he has for us is unable to fully be understood by us. And I think that's profound. The second thing I want to share with you today is this. Focusing on the failures of yesterday will prevent you from winning victories today. Anybody in here have a past? Thank you for sharing. I do too. You know what the beautiful thing about Christ is? They're buried in the sea of forgetfulness. You might have people that will remember who you were. And I love the fact that, oh, they used to be. Yes, you got it. Used to. You just said the perfect word, used to be. Forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead. I love the beautiful picture of this also. Now, you have the Ebenezer's, the rocks of remembrance where God has brought you from. Those weren't to remember your sin, it was to remember the deliverance and the victory of God. That was to remind you of God's faithfulness, never to remind you of sin. It is to remind you of the beauty of God's faithfulness in times of trial tribulation, and all of the things that we may face. I'm so thankful today that we can focus not on those failures of yesterday. I talk about it spiritually. It's like God broke the rearview mirror and the side mirrors off our spiritual automobile. Amen? We're able to go and focus on what matters, and that is tomorrow. Who I love, the great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Summer and winter and springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their course above, join with all nature and manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. And it just goes on. God is faithful. He is faithful today. He's faithful tomorrow. He's faithful yesterday. And he's faithful into eternity. Do you know that faithfulness of him? And this morning as you sit there, are you focusing on, on what you didn't do right. Maybe the enemy's trying to say, look what, you, I mean, look what you used to be. Look what you were. Look at the mess you created. You're just nothing but a hypocrite. You're this, that, or the other. You rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ, amen? You rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Father. That is what I was, amen? But guess what? In you, I am a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come, I'm so thankful, Lord, that in 23 I might have blown it. I was a mess. I blew every blessing out of the water in 2023. But God, I'm so thankful today that I can purpose it in 2024. Father, I'm going to be an object for your glory. And Father, I'm going to get up. Scripture says, what, Paul, seven times a day you get back up, the righteous. And I'm going to stand up, and I'm going to repent, and I'm going to go forward, Father. And I'm going to allow you to mold me and make me. And maybe you have a vessel that's so marred that God has to reshape it. That's beautiful because what? The potter's house, Nehemiah, he went down there and saw him reshaping a vessel into a new one as he saw fit. What a beautiful picture of no matter how bad you've messed up in life, God has a plan for you. But are you going to believe that? That's the other thing. If you feel like, well, I'm not worthy of that, then you better start thinking long and hard because there is no limit to the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. God loves you beyond understanding, beyond comprehension. God loves us. Just the concept of Jesus' death on the cross for us is beyond understanding. How could a loving God send his son to die for us? It leaves me in absolute awe and wonder He's so good and so faithful. So this morning, are you focusing on those failures of yesterday? Because if you are, it will prevent you from winning victories today. It'll prevent you and hinder your ability to walk in the fullness of Christ because if you sit there and focus on the failures, then what you haven't done is allowed yourself to receive the forgiveness in Jesus Christ Because you are forgiven, you better live like it. Amen? You let it go. Let go and let God. What happens when I battle that? Rebuke the very thought of what God's already forgiven. By the way, you and I can't sin greater than God's ability to forgive. Just remind yourself of that. God loves you. He created you. He knows you. He cares for you. And then listen, uh, verse... 14 again, I pursue my goal, the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. The third and final thing this morning I want to share with you is this, focus on your obedience to God's plan today. Let the rest go. So a lot of times we'll sit back and go, you know, man, if I'd, if I'd been in the, by the way, I've got them right here. You want to read through the Bible this year? I've got them. No excuses. You can start now. Last day of the year. You got first shot tomorrow morning. You can start it out. You can go right through there. It goes in chronological order for those who want to know. It goes in chronological order. That's why it it jumps around because it's chronological how it actually happened in time. All right. I wish if I would have been in the Bible like I should have been, I wouldn't have been attacked spiritually like I've been. And these attacks knocked me out like it had been. And what a waste. I've wasted all. Don't just stop. Rebuke that thought process because what that thought process says it's too late now you can't do anything about it if you were diagnosed with terminal cancer that was going to kill you in three days you know what you haven't and you've done nothing for the lord but god convicted you of it today and you get serious right now about living the next three days for the glory of the lord you know what you've done You've been faithful and you've run the race and finished the race faithfully. It is about answering the call. It's answering the conviction, not sitting around worried about what you could have done because all of us can do that. But this morning, let's focus on what? What is ahead? What do you do with the rest of it? Forget what is behind. Strain towards what is ahead. What do I do? I pursue as my goal the prize, ready, promised by God's heavenly call in what? In Christ Jesus. Jesus paid the price so that this morning, not we can be righteous because of our righteousness. No, it's the righteousness of Christ imputed, given, transferred to us. We're not forgiven today because we started doing so good that God decided our righteousness outweighed our sin. No, it is his righteousness, the righteousness of Christ imputed, given, transferred to our account that wiped the debt clean. Now what does the enemy desire us to do? Focus on the mess, the mess that you have to, let's say, address tomorrow at work. What do you do with those things? Tell you what you do with them. You bury them in the sea of forgetfulness as you lay them down and confess them as a sin they are, something you haven't done, what you should. And you say, God, I don't know how you're going to handle this situation, but God, I am trusting you with all of my heart, and I'm leaning not into my own understanding right now. Father, I give you full dominion. I give you full and free reign over this situation now. Lord God, let every avenue of my home, my life, I talk about our, our personal self being like a spiritual little house Open every door in there. Stop leaving that little hall closet closed off and say, God, you can have all of it but this. When you want to get serious about it, you say, God, I'm opening every door in my spiritual house, Father. I want you to have dominion. I want you to have access, and I want you to be glorified in everything in my life, not just these limited places that I feel comfortable giving you. God, I want you to have full and preeminent reign, full dominion, over all of my, how about, finances? is a big one. Nobody else wants to talk about finances. Oh, Lord, you can have it all, just don't touch my money. That's been that notorious thing that people don't want. Lord, you can have it all, just not my money. Well, if God doesn't have your money, that means your money's funny, as uh, Willie McLaren said. Your money's funny and your change is strange. If God doesn't have dominion over your finances, he doesn't have dominion over you. Amen? That's a difficult one for people. Why, oh God, if if I tithe right now, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do till next week. Guess what? He gave you what you have. And what happens, the old saying is, you tithe first. Why do you tithe first? Because you're saying, God, I trust you no matter how it works out. Why is that an act of faith? Because when the offering plate comes around, the greatest demonstration of faith occurs if you are faithful in tithing, because what you're saying is, God, it's yours. I commit it to you, and you're going to work it all out no matter what happens. I remember years ago with us in that very, if you're thinking from a worldly perspective, it's very unnerving because I was putting in that plate what we needed to get from point A to point B. A is Monday, and B is the end of the week, or sometimes the end of the month. Some people don't get paid, but once a month. You know how if you're not yielded, What a terrifying experience that is. It's terrifying. To me, it brought great comfort to us, great peace. Because we know the God that had been faithful was going to prove and demonstrate his continued faithfulness in our life. It actually gets to the point where you love when it doesn't work out. Because you know in full faith God will make it work out. It was only that thing of going, wow, I can't wait to see how he does it this time. But if we're not faithful like that, if we wait until, oh, I'll tell you what, God, I'll wait till the next week when everything's paid, then I'll, then I'll tip you, Lord. You know what you miss out on? The blessing of seeing what I just shared with you. The blessing of seeing how God shows his faithfulness to you. Maybe this year, You've not been faithful financially. and Maybe today God's convicted you of that. I want to encourage you to do something. Say, God, 2023 is the last year that I trust in myself, that I trust in me as the Lord of my finances. Father, starting this very moment, God, I give you full dominion over all of it, most notably my finances. God, I give it all to you. Because let me just tell you something. There is no peace like being all in. You know what that means all in? Meaning, as a card player, I've never a card player, so I don't understand the full concept of it, but I always heard you'll hear in a movie or something say I'm all in. Meaning, they take everything and they're going on one bet. They're all in. If they don't win this, they're done. Are you all in spiritually? Are all your cards on the table? In other words, are you given God? and if, if God doesn't come through, you're hung. That's the way we're supposed to live. But let me just promise you something. You won't be hung because God never, ever, ever breaks a promise. He's faithful. And I want to encourage you this morning. If you've never experienced the supernatural provision of God and a true living out and demonstration of faith I tell you and encourage you this morning to do it, and I say this because there's a fulfillment in it like none other. You literally experience, like Elijah did in the wilderness, the hand-to-mouth provision of God, meaning the raven feeding Elijah in that desert. If God hadn't come through, Elijah was done. Same way up on Mount Carmel with Elijah. If God hadn't come through on Mount Carmel, Elijah would have been dead. It doesn't matter how you look at it. Over and over and over in Scripture, men and women trusted God and all their cards were on the table. Never once, never once did God fail. Where are you? as 2023 closes out. Are you sitting there in your heart going, as I remember this many years ago, I remember sitting and hearing people preach and wanting what they were talking about. I would hear the stories of God's provision and I would say to myself, man, I would love to experience that. I don't know why I don't experience that. I didn't know then. I wasn't even a believer. I remember hearing them talk about peace of God and the peace of their walk with Christ and God's faithfulness. And I remember saying, I wish I could feel that. I don't know why I don't feel that. I always thought it was a thing that had to do with me not being good enough, spiritual enough. Well, it had to do with the fact that I wasn't a true regenerate follower of Christ. But if you're sitting there this morning, I want you to know something. God knows you. God loves you. God created you. God sent Jesus to die for you whatever right now is hindering your ability to walk in the fullness of Christ, I want to encourage you this morning to address it. Whether it's confession of sin, because you've been relying on yourself financially, you've been relying on all these different things, or this morning, you've not been in your your word and don't understand why you don't hear God's voice, that's a natural thing that's going to happen when you're not in God's word. Maybe your home situation, you don't know how God's going to going to redeem a child, a prodigal child, a family member, uh, a wife, a husband, you don't know how God's going to redeem that mom, that dad, you've been down here week in and week out and maybe you're discouraged, I want to tell you something, God's got it and I'll just go to the childlike side of it, he's got the whole world in his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands and he's got this situation that you're struggling with this morning but are you going to let go? and let him do what he does. That's really the question. Are you going to let go of the finances? Are you going to let go of the worry? Are you going to let go of the control in your life that has given you such comfort but has robbed you from the ability of experiencing the supernatural power of God in your life because you've not allowed him to be truly preeminent? Another question is, Are you like I was 20 years ago this next year, September? Lost is lost. Knew everything spiritual, knew all the spiritual words, but I didn't know what it was like to walk with Christ. I ask you that. I ask you that because I walked in darkness. Didn't even know that I was in darkness. Knew that something wasn't right, just didn't know what was right. This morning, have you ever had that time in your life that you knew there was a chasm between you and the God of creation. Don't even know how that happened. You just knew there was. We know how that happened. It happened through the sin in the Garden of Eden, through Adam. But you recognize that, and you now say, you know, I don't don't ever remember seeing and understanding that, and and I, I, I didn't even realize that there is a correlation between we have to recognize we are lost to be found, to be rescued, to be redeemed, And I realized this morning that there's this great chasm between me and God. And this morning, for the first time, I recognize that that's what salvation is. It's recognizing Jesus Christ is the bridge. that bridges us in fellowship with the Father. It happens only by recognizing it, confessing your sin, placing your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and asking Him to be the Savior and Lord of your life. Is that what needs to happen in 2023 for you? I don't know. You know. And that's the thing that you have to, at the end of the day, come to terms with. Are you going to be the Lord of your home? Are you going to be the Lord of your job? Are you going to be the Lord of your finances? Are you going to be the Lord of your relationships? If so, there's no place to let God do it. But this morning is one of these beautiful times that God gives us. And what? Past is passing away. Let the past be the past. Let's look to the beauty of what God has in store for your life, starting Right now, let's pray. Father, thank you, God, this morning for this beautiful day, the sunshine, God, everything that is just a demonstration of your creative genius. Father, I thank you today. As 2023 closes, That there's so much hope and promise, Father, for the things that we have not done the way we should or the battles and struggles that we've been battling and struggling with. Father, I pray during this invitation today, Lord, that there would be great freedom Great freedom in going from a plan that's not been of our or that has been of our own and going to the plan of completely in, in yielded faith, trusting you with everything. Father, I pray that ones that are struggling with this, the control or struggling with what they should do and how they should do it and, Lord, they've just needed to let go and let you. I pray that would happen today, Lord, not only in this building but ones that are watching online. God, I pray today, Lord, that 2024 would be a year that is marked with great victories, Lord, great spiritual growth, not only in this body, but bodies all over the globe. But above all today, Lord, that no person that has heard my voice or another Bible-believing shepherd, Lord, that lets today close without first recognizing that they're a sinner in need of a Savior, and if they have not placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, placing it, and today in the finished work of the salvation that's only found in Christ Jesus alone. Lord, we thank You so much for Your faithfulness, Lord, Your mercy and Your grace. And God, I pray that everything... Thank you for listening to Headed Home with Pastor John. If you'd like to know more about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, please visit our website at longviewbaptistchurch.org and click our contact link. Thank you for joining us.